Big news, my new book, Motivation for Regular People, Reframing Your Drive to Pursue Your Goals and Achieve Your Potential, is now available for purchase on Amazon. Earlier this year, I realized that we've had the wrong approach to motivation for far too long. We tend to believe motivation is something that some people have and others don't. That's a great place to be if you have a lot of natural motivation, but if you're the type of person who always feels like you're just not that motivated, it can be discouraging and debilitating. The reality is we all have the same amount of motivation because everything we do requires motivation. And when you become aware of how motivation actually works and how you can adjust your motivation to help you reach your goals, you'll become unstoppable. This fresh perspective is what led me to start this podcast, and it's the exact concept I unpack in detail in my new book. Grab a copy and join me on a journey to discover how motivation actually works, learn what truly motivates you, and discover how you can align your motivation in a way that helps you reach your potential and accomplish every goal. You'll find the Amazon link for the book in the show notes, or you can visit my website at bradyross.com to learn more about it. That's B-R-A-D-Y-R-O-S-S dot com. Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. Thanks so much for being here today. I neglected to mention this on our last episode, but we just passed 50 episodes in less than a year of existing. I'm so appreciative of everyone who has listened to the show up to this point and everybody who's had positive encouragement and support to offer along the way. I wouldn't be able to do this if people weren't following along. So thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for tuning in week after week as awesome as this has been so far, I still feel like the best is yet to come, and I'm excited to be able to bring that to you in the future. Go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already done so. That'll make it easy for you to access our new episodes as they come out. We typically have a new episode every Thursday, along with a few bonus episodes each month. I would also love it if you would rate and review the show if you find the content valuable. That will help us grow this community and take this podcast to more and more people who are looking for help with their motivation. That would give me even greater joy to see this podcast having more of an impact than it's already had. Today, we are talking to Limor Bergman. Limor is a coach for women in leadership. She's a podcast host as well, and she had a lot of good thoughts to share on today's episode about imposter syndrome that I'm really excited for you to get to listen in on. This is something that we don't talk about probably as often as we should, but I think it's something that we all struggle with in some form or fashion, and so I think you'll find Limor's insight into the topic very insightful and helpful. Let's dive into this conversation. Here's Lee Moore. Lee Moore, thanks for coming on the show. I'm excited to talk more with you. Hi, Brady. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here today. Oh, of course. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit before, like me, you are also a coach. You coach women in leadership. And you mentioned that something you see come up often in your coaching is this feeling of imposter syndrome. Tell me more about where and how you see that coming up with your clients. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I, I, uh, it's important to me because I've experienced that firsthand. So in my career, I was in engineering, uh, grew from an engineer to, you know, engineering leader. And uh, I think some of that stems from the fact that I was a lot of times the only woman in the room. 
And uh, I felt that maybe I'm not worthy. Maybe I'm not as good as others. And I felt that when I was an engineer, certainly when I became a manager. And then when I was a manager and I wanted to grow to a more senior roles, I felt like, well, maybe I'm not as good as others. Uh, am I doing a good enough job? Am I as good as my male counterparts? And on top of that, I see that quite a lot with my clients. And the, the unfortunate thing is that I see that not just with women that are just starting out their careers. I see that with women that are very successful in executive roles. And they still tell me, I'm not sure I'm doing my job, right? Or I'm not sure I, I know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. And when those say those things, it's heartbreaking for me to hear that because they're so successful. So obviously they know what they're doing. Yeah, that's, that's kind of so where it meets me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that's so interesting. And that's kind of the opposite of what you would expect when it comes to imposter syndrome. I think often, at least for me, being someone who's still relatively young, I think I'll get to a certain point, like some milestone or critical threshold down the road where I I feel worthy. I feel like I've arrived. And I'm speaking not just for me, but probably other people in my position as well. But what I hear you saying is that you can reach those milestones and you can have success and experience and still struggle with imposter syndrome. So I'm curious if that doesn't come from a place where you don't feel like you have specific knowledge or experience, where does imposter syndrome come from, in your opinion? Dependent really, it really depends on the person, depending on where they grew up, what was the environment like, and also depends where they're at. Um, specifically in my background as women in very male dominant field with a lot of microaggressions, a lot of sometimes comments or stuff like that, that can, can start initiate self-doubts. Like I'll give you an example. When I was an engineer, relatively at the beginning of my career, I remember I worked at a global company and I work with an international team. And when we were doing code reviews, Back then, we didn't have video calls, you know, we didn't have all the technology we have today. So we didn't have much opportunities to talk with those people and create connections. Only via conference calls, but they were not that often also. And we were doing code reviews for each other. And I remember getting pretty nasty comments on the code reviews. I don't know if those people were mean necessarily. They just didn't know, they didn't have the emotional intelligence to know that written words can hurt, can hurt a lot and can be interpreted really to an opposite where what was intended. And that really hurt my confidence. That, that gave me the thinking that maybe I'm not as good as those men engineers. Maybe I'm not worthy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it, it can can stem from the environment you're at, from a comment someone throws at you, from being disregarded in a meeting, from someone cutting you off in a meeting and not respecting you. Or it can come from internal internally, right? You you look at others, everyone else seemed like they're doing so well and they're so confident, and you start judging yourself mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting, right? We can't see inside other people. We can only see inside ourselves. And I think often what that does to us is it leads us to believe that other people aren't having those thoughts. They're not having that internal dialogue when in reality, everyone else is probably having a similar experience to the one that we're having. I had a friend tell me one time, and I've written about this before, but but he said something to me that really impacted me. He said, when we walk into a room, we often feel like people are looking at our baggage, but they can't notice it because they're too focused on their own. And that was so helpful, helpful rather for me to think through the experience that other people were having relative to what I was having. I think that it's it's very easy to feel alone, to feel isolated when those thoughts creep up, but it couldn't be further from the truth. The other thing that I'll often tell people, because I've had a lot of clients like you recently that have been struggling with imposter syndrome, and I realize that this is not a, a quick fix, but I feel like it's something that's important to point out as well. To me, imposter syndrome is a sign that you care about the work that you're doing and the impact that you're having on the world. If you didn't care, you wouldn't have those negative feelings. Absolutely. Yeah. So from the work that you've done, what is the first step to overcoming these feelings of imposter syndrome? So when someone tells me they don't know what they're doing or they, I see signs of, of, of confidence issues. I usually start with the, looking at what they already achieved, asking them, you know, okay, let's assume you're saying you don't know what you're doing in this role. What have you done? What have you achieved? How come you got to this role? I mean, obviously no one did you a favor. Why do you think you got to where you are today? When you look back, what are the things that you're proud of? I'm trying to build their, you know, um, achievement kind of bucket successes, looking back and, and looking what, what have you done to get to this point? What are the things you're really proud of? And by the way, it doesn't have to be necessarily just related to career. It can be in life. What are you proud of? Some people say, well, I'm really a good listener. People always come to me, you know, to listen and, and they value my advice. It can it doesn't have necessarily to be related just to work. The other thing I ask people to list their qualities, their good qualities, what do they think are their strengths? And also to ask for feedback from others about their strength, what others see in them. It can be family, friends, colleagues. So those are kind of the first things I start with, like achievements and strength to build up, you know, to highlight those things because we tend to be so so self-critic on ourselves, right? I mean, we are worse enemy usually, worse critic. And uh, I, I'm just there to shed some light on other aspects. Mm. Yeah, it gets me thinking. I, I heard recently somewhere that we tend to de-emphasize our own strengths and our own successes because they are so familiar. So if I imagine we were to, and I did this in the introduction, but if I were to do it again here, talk about who you are, what you've accomplished, what you've got going on, that would be very impressive to me in part because I'm not familiar with it. Like I haven't done some of the things that you've done. 
and you are successful, right? I'm not trying to say that you're not. Um, but if the tables were turned and I was telling you about some of the things that I've done, it may not mean as much because I know like what I've accomplished, what certifications I have, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I imagine that's true for a lot of other people as well. We de-emphasize what we've done because it's old news. Like you may have done a lot of cool things last month, but what have you done in the last 24 hours, right? If we get so hyper-focused on the here and now, it's easy to lose sight of those things that are still valuable and still really good things. Absolutely. And I also want to mention that sometimes we don't see the things that we have we don't we don't appreciate us we don't appreciate the value of of the things that we have and we do and sometimes we need someone else to tell us we we think it's trivial let's say someone is a great uh, a communicator right she she works very well with people um people feel comfortable working with her and she thinks oh it's just trivial like yes i do that but someone else telling her that may may make her realize that actually it's not that not all people are great communicators. She has something that not everyone has. Hmm. But sometimes we just, yeah, I know, I know, I'm good at this. But it's like it's okay. It's like everyone everyone is good at this. It's nothing unique. It's not special. Mm-hmm. So we diminish our value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we all have that friend that is so good about encouraging us, bringing us back from that dark place and reminding us about the value that we do bring to the world. And there, yeah, I'm truly appreciative for those people in my life. So I had another question that I wanted to ask you and I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, so obviously we're on a podcast about motivation. So when you think about overcoming that imposter syndrome, how does that impact the motivation that we feel? it impacts significantly because if we constantly doubt ourselves, then we are not as motivated to challenge ourselves and to grow, right? Because to grow, you need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to constantly challenge yourself to move forward. But if you don't feel comfortable and confident with what you have right now, with what you're doing, with who you are, how likely are you going to be motivated to do something that scares you a little bit, that feels uncomfortable? Probably not so much. Because so I don't know what I'm doing right now, so you want me to do that? No way. But if you are happy with where you are, if you're happy with yourself, then you're more, more likely to be motivated to, to grow Yeah, that's so good. So something that has come up recently on this podcast, in part because I wrote about it in my book that is going to, it will have been out about a week, week and a half by the time this episode goes live. So I wrote a book on motivation with the same title as this podcast. And in one of the chapters, I go in detail about how the three natural motivators that we all feel are comfort, security, and belonging. And when we're not intentional about what our goals are or about what we want to motivate us, it's natural to default back to those three things, which are not bad things in and of themselves, but they can keep us from doing the things that we truly want to do. And so as I hear you talking about remaining or not remaining comfortable, but becoming comfortable in yourself, if you're not comfortable with 
who you are and what you bring to the table, you feel that degree of imposter syndrome. And it's so much easier to just keep your feet planted where they are. But when you become comfortable and confident, when you don't feel that natural pull back to comfort, you're ready to embrace the challenges that are before you. And we all know that there's no growth without challenge. And so it's almost like you have to check that box before you can take that next step forward. Would that be fair to say? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What other advice or what other tips would you give to that person that is still struggling in that space of becoming comfortable or becoming confident with themselves? Sure. So first of all, you mentioned friends, right? You mentioned your, your surrounding and how people, how you appreciate people that your friends and people that supports you. I would recommend taking a distance from the energy vampires in your life, from those who bring you down. And they may not be bad people. I'm not saying that those are bad people. But if you have a friend or someone you know at work, that every time that you talk with them, they have negativity or maybe they make a comment that that makes you feel bad about yourself, just stay away. Just take a distance. Surround yourself with people that support you, that encourage you, people who inspire you, people who give you positive energy. That's very, very important. I also am a great believer that mind, body, and soul are all connected and I always recommend people to find some physical activity they like doing that challenges them and pursue it. I started running, you know, a while ago, but, you know, like seven years ago or something like that. And I, I, I didn't think I could run. You know, I was always very having a sedentary lifestyle with kids and all that. And and I really wanted that. I wanted to be energized. I wanted to feel like I'm I'm capable of doing that. And and running is a therapy, like a therapy to me. I feel like I can conquer the world. It gives me so much energy, positivity. I I have ideas flowing into my head. I mean, so I, I really believe that also finding some something that energizes you, some physical activity that challenges you is also very, very helpful. Yes, I'm a big believer in that. I've done multi-sport races and I've ran pretty consistently for the last several years. And it's amazing what that does to my mental state and my overall well-being. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we get ready to wrap up, any final words or final thoughts on imposter syndrome? It's there. And and I would say that if you constantly doubt yourself or you feel insecure, find find uh, people who can help you. It can be your surrounding. It can be your family members or friend, can be colleagues, or you can find someone like us, right, Brady, like a coach or a mentor that can help you find the good things about you, believe in yourself. Yeah, and I want to piggyback on one thing that you said. I think remembering that it is there and it is a prevalent problem for so many people because, again, it can feel isolating when you think that you're the only one that faces this challenge. The reality is more often than not, people deal with imposter syndrome to some degree. And so I think that we can find support in other people, assuming that it's the right person that we're reaching out to for support. But I think that also realizing how normal it is makes us feel less like we're the problem and more like we have the 
the tools and the ability necessary to overcome it. So I really appreciate that reminder for me and for everyone listening. Lee Moore, thank you so much again for your time. If there's someone who wants to learn more about who you are, what you're doing, where can people learn about you and connect with you? Yeah, I think the best way would be LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active. I mean, I do have a website, but uh, if people want to know me and see what I'm doing, what I'm talking about, go to my my LinkedIn page. It's Limor Bergman. That's the handle. And I also publish there all my, I have my own podcast called From a Woman to a Leader, which on a weekly basis on Wednesdays, I publish the new episodes with incredible women that I interview. So that's how you get to know me, who I am, what I'm doing, what I'm sharing. That's the best way. I love that. I went and connected with you earlier today, and I'll link that page for anyone else who would like to do so in the show notes. Thanks again for your time today. Thank you so much, Brady. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at BetterHelp.com MFRP. That's BetterHelp.com MFRP. Check it out and sign up today.